it's always so funny whenever I talk about this body of work, I feel like I'm performing in a sense because it's like you can look at the images and use those to come up with an idea of who I'm like as a person. But also like when I'm talking about things, you can use actually me as a person and compare that to the images. And so it's always sort of like this thing where, you know, do they relate to one another? Talking about identity in a performative manner, it's like it's impossible not to feel performative when you're talking about the body of work itself. Welcome to the Studio Break Podcast. I'm your host, David Linaway. For today's 124th episode, Chelsea Vandervliet joins me to discuss her work, which explores ideas of identity and performance and indie rock through a series of photographs. She is one of our BFA 2014 competition winners selected by Richard Holland, so we're very excited to have her on. If you're joining with us for the first time, we want to remind you that Studio Break is a podcast and blog site. We feature a variety of different artists. They come on and speak with me about their studio practice. I ask them all sorts of questions, who their influences are, processes, all sorts of things, and we share them on Studio Break. Once again, you can see there's slideshows of the artist's work, links to their websites, and these lengthy interviews. You can use the default player to check it out right there on Studio Break. You can go through the archives, check out all the great artists that you might have missed. And if you like it enough, perhaps you'll go check it out in iTunes. Again, follow that link and subscribe to the podcast there. You can follow us on Facebook and like our page there. You can see that we have a Twitter account and tweet us at Studio Break. And you can also follow our Tumblr account at studio-break.tumblr. So please go ahead and do that. And without any further announcements or anything, Chelsea Vandervliet is coming up. So stay tuned. Welcome to Studio Break. I'm really happy to be joined by Chelsea Vandervliet this morning. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm excellent. You know, we've been chatting already and excited to have you on. Of course, you were one of our BFA competition winners. Richard Holland selected your work amongst a good chunk of excellent BFA students from around the country. So again, it's kind of exciting to have you on. And again, thanks for, for applying. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, it means a lot. So. I always wind up starting again, just I'd like to get a, a snapshot of someone's background. So if you could just uh, talk a little bit about, you know, where you grew up and, um, you know, we'll spiderweb from there. Okay. Yeah. So I grew up in suburban New Jersey, um, about an hour away from New York. Um, and I'd lived there, you know, all my life. And then in college, I went down to Florida to study because I have a lot of family down there. So I decided I wanted to get away from New Jersey. And then now I'm back up here. But I think... It's, I think sort of being in sort of suburbia for majority of my life is really, I think in a way sort of influenced my work in an indirect sense um, in that it's like sort of suburbia kind of shelters you a little bit. And I kind of consider myself a bit of a naive person. Mm-hmm. And I think with my work, I'm always a little bit fascinated by sort of this naiveness and patheticness. Now I live a little bit closer to the city. My family moved um, back in July. Mm-hmm. Um so I try to go out there a little bit more often because, you know, there's a big art scene there in New York. Um, but I kind of don't really consider myself like a tough New York sort of person. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's kind of sort of interesting that I think growing up in the suburbs has certainly influenced my work in, indirectly. Um, and then, of course, you know, with my twin sister, Lynn, 
we've definitely influenced each other too. We bounce ideas off of one another. And I mean, even if I were to try to deny it, having a twin sister um, has certainly impacted the way that I think about things and um, has certainly made me more interested in identity as a subject. Because I'm always trying to kind of find spaces in which I can sort of identify myself as an individual. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that's sort of a challenge, but I think it's also sort of really um, helped motivate me in creating art. So. Sure, sure. And I, I mean, again, I think it's only natural too. I think in, in a way to kind of make those kind of comparisons, especially, you know, a lot of the things that you're talking about, I can relate to growing up, you know, cause I had an older brother and, you know, there's certainly, you kind of compare yourself and, yeah. and so it's especially interesting that you both are artists, you know, the, mm-hmm. you know, and of course we explored that idea of kind of collaboration and talking about that. So again, it's going to be yeah. interesting to see, you know, the differences, especially in terms of like what you are drawn to. So, yeah. And it's always funny to me a little bit, you know, when my sister and I will tell people, you know, we both studied art and, you know, we're both interested in art. And it's always there's sort of this disclaimer of being like, oh, we didn't plan for it to be that way. <laughs> but it's just, you know, when you grow up together and we're very close, you know, you end up having similar interests. Um, and I mean, not all the twins that I've met, identical twins that I've met have been very similar to one another. Some of them are a little bit more independent, um, but Lynn and I are pretty dependent on one another and therefore very similar. Um but sometimes so it's like it just happens, you know, that we happen to be, you know, happen to study the same thing and that we have similar conceptual interests. But I think it also helps a lot, too, even if it sometimes makes it difficult for me to craft my own identity. It helps because we can share ideas with one another and kind of get where we're coming from. So which is good. <laughs> sure, sure. And and so what kind of things were, were you interested, you know, in terms of creativity at a at a young age or at an early um, age? When I was a kid, I drew a lot, actually. I wanted to be a cartoonist. Um, But I think it's funny. I was always really interested in creating these different characters. And so, you know, I'd have, like, stuffed animals or stuffed dogs and stuff. And usually I would always give them different names and they'd have these different personalities. And I think that sort of being interested in characters and personalities, I think, has played a role in my interest in identity and also kind of trying to figure out those characters and personalities within my own self. Mm-hmm. Um, has definitely played a role. Um, and then I've also, too, I mean, my work, you know, I enjoy taking photographs and I work photographically, but I didn't really start, like, working with photographs, you know, to make art until college. But I had always, I think, in the back of my head been fascinated by them. Um, I just didn't really know that that was something that I could sort of tap into and, you know, kind of use as a creative process until I got a little bit older. Sure. Because in high school, I'll the art programs that I had were always mostly drawing and sculpture based. And I was always too afraid. We had some graphic design classes, but when I was younger, I was really afraid of the computer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I never really got around to really starting to experiment with Photoshop and stuff like that until college. But yeah, I was creative as a kid though, but I didn't know anything about contemporary art until I was a bit older. So, you know, in terms of some of your current work too, you kind of reference, um, you know, indie music and, yeah. and music in your artist statement. Is that something that also was, you know, maybe yeah, kind of going through high school, something that you were definitely interested in? It has. Um, yeah, when I was in high school, I started to kind of, especially around senior year, maybe a little junior year, um, take an interest in music and a lot of indie rock music. And especially once it really started to happen when I was in college um, and I sort of identified myself with a lot of that. And I think it's interesting. And I don't really know if there's an answer to this, but, you know, there's always like this idea of indie music being not mainstream and that, you know, do people, you know, a lot of times people that listen to it will think like they're more genuine and because like 
indie music seems to be, you know, away from sort of people like to think it's away from more corporate stuff and, you know, and whatnot. And I think I started to become a little bit fascinated by um, this idea of artificiality and whatnot, you know, with music and also relating to my identity. And I think when I was working um, and sort of brainstorming one project that I had made, those kind of those two things kind of were um, kind of ran parallel to one another, sort of studying my own identity um, and then studying my identity through music. Um, and a lot of the um, albums that I listen to and a lot of the cover art and stuff like that. I like the idea of facades a lot, too. So I guess I'm curious, too. Like, you know, I, I think back again to a lot of the things that you're saying, like and it, it makes me think about, you know, you know, kind of when you do leave to go to, to college and you're kind of interested in kind of establishing who you are, yeah. kind of like searching for it away, like, again, in a way that I think when you grew up in the suburbs, you feel like you're almost kind of detached from, you know, the things that are kind of going on. Yes. And so something like music. I think it's really interesting and kind of, I don't know, yeah. bringing that up, you know? And especially, too, I think growing up, I always sort of felt very much detached from what was going on because I'm a very shy person and I didn't really sort of reach out to anyone beyond any of the friends that I had. So mm -hmm. it was sort of like, you know, I was within this own this bubble that I created because I didn't socialize very much. So it was like I would find these things like music, for instance, that, you know, maybe some of my friends weren't necessarily as interested in or um, maybe they were, but I just never talked with them about it. And I kind of really sort of carved this sort of space and this sort of identity for myself based on that. Um, and I think I started doing that even more as I got older and especially in college. And I think it was also too, like, I mean, you know, a little bit like when you're younger, you just sort of passively consume things. And then when you get older, you start to wonder, you know, how am I sort of crafting my identity? How, you know, am I coming across to people? And you start really getting preoccupied with that. And I think when I started listening to a lot of music, that was the first time I really started trying to do that and starting to feel like, okay, I'm carving this space for myself. So so you wound up going to college in Florida. Was it something mm -hmm. where you kind of went in with, with an idea of what you wanted to do or? I mean, I did back then, but it didn't, it sort of changed. I mean, I, yeah, I went down to study in Florida and initially I was thinking of studying biology. I don't know if Lynn mentioned any of that with her interview, but mm -hmm. both of us were thinking of studying biology. And I think back in high school, I had sort of started to get, I always was in art classes, but I got a little bit burnt out from it. Um, and so when Lynn started taking some interest in science, I kind of did a little bit too when I jumped on the bandwagon, I think. And I realized pretty quickly that wasn't for me. But I, my freshman year, I was drawing a lot. And I don't really draw that much anymore. But back then, I was and I started so I kind of missed having a creative outlet. Um, so then by the end of my freshman year, um, when I was selecting courses for sophomore year, I ended up wanting to take a bunch of art classes. Um, and then I ended up studying art. And I think that that sort of year between high school and then, you know, studying science and then going to study art, I think really helped me grow as a person because um, when I went to study art, I kind of just went in it like all or nothing sort of. Um, and I think that made my work a bit stronger that I just sort of jumped into it and was started to become very passionate about it. And I think that helped. And so, and so how long did it take you to kind of realize like, you know, I've got to maybe try taking a, another art class or um, pretty quickly, I think, but I held on to, I didn't want to change majors until my freshman year had ended. Um, but I took a 3D class, uh, my freshman year because we had like these sort of courses where like everyone as freshmen can take these different things and you could select them. And I did art stuff in high school. So I decided to take a 3D art class for this one course. And I'm not too good at 3D work, but it was nice to have some sort of creative outlet. And then 
Um, that was only for one semester. And then afterwards, I didn't have anything. So I started drawing a lot. And I was in the back of my head thinking, I'm going to change to art. I'm going to change my major to art because I right. think, you know, I kind of missed the creativity. And I think that year off really did help me sort of realize that I kind of needed that um, to feel sort of, I don't know, it's like therapeutic a little bit. And also to just to sort of look at myself and, you know, think about how I'm you know, working and whatnot. It's something really easy where you can kind of be so focused on trying to establish yourself. It's interesting to kind of be in that position because I think, again, you're kind of eager to have every, everything kind of start, but then at the same time, yeah. you kind of want to make sure that it's something, I don't know, like I think yeah. at, the, at the time you want to be able to make a de decision that's it's something that's going to be important to you. Yeah, exactly. And I think I was also too frightened. I mean, when you're a freshman, you don't have to make major decisions yet. But I was just thinking to myself, like, if I don't, you know, if I'm not studying something that I want to study, like, how is that going to affect the rest of my life? And normally, I don't, I'm not very good at looking at things like long term like that. But back, you know, freshman year, I, I really was doing that a little bit more. And I think, yeah, it's sometimes like you start like in high school, you're just sort of taking a bunch of courses because you need to. And then in college, once you have that freedom, it's a bit overwhelming. So you have to sort of ask yourself a lot of questions about, you know, especially like asking yourself questions about your identity. So, well, and I think it's interesting that you say it just like that, because as soon as I started taking courses that I thought were interesting, mm -hmm. I wound up doing a lot better. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> <You know? me> too. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so did you wind up like taking a drawing class after that or how did yeah, you? I did. Um, my sophomore year, I ended up taking a 2D class um, and I did really well in that. And I think I didn't know, like in high school, we had a small art department, so I never took any art history classes or anything. I didn't know anything about art history. I didn't know anything about contemporary art, but I knew a little bit that, you know, by the end of my um, spring, not spring, fall semester, sophomore, you know, that if I wanted to create work that I was proud of, that it had to be something that I could sort of stand by and it had to be something that sort of felt meaningful to me in some way that I had, you know, wanted to communicate something with it. And I started kind of getting a little bit better at that and understand, you know, as I you know, started working a bit more, but I, yeah, I took a 2D drawing class and it felt good to have some sort of creative outlet for a little bit. And then as I started taking more courses, I began pushing myself conceptually a little bit more and more because it's hard to kind of just jump into that, you know, because you, I don't know, especially when you're dealing with identity or when you're interested in those kinds of things, it makes you feel a little bit vulnerable. So it's hard to just sort of jump into them and be like, okay, here I am, <laughs> you know, so it took a while to build up that confidence, but it was once I changed majors, um, I felt really like comfortable with myself um, and really comfortable with sort of the direction that I was going, whereas I didn't feel like that my freshman year. Um, and I think that that sort of initial confidence played a big role in building up my abilities as an artist, I think, um, because it's sort of like when you talk about your work and when, you know, you have critiques and stuff, you have to sort of have a confidence. You have to sort of believe in it and have, you know, a sense of integrity. And that's hard to build up, you know, initially, and you have to kind of grow with it and were there, you know, like, like new processes and new materials that you're kind of playing with that you, you maybe you were unfamiliar with and kind of learning at the same time then? Um, I did, like I said, I did a lot of drawing stuff. Um, and then eventually I started experimenting with photography a little bit. I liked the idea back when I first started to look like collage and stuff, but I never did much with it. Mm -hmm. I had, I got a point and shoot camera I, when I was a senior in high school. I started, um becoming interested in taking pictures just like as a hobby and then from doing that I decided to take a photography class and it was kind of one of those things where it was just sort of like okay I'm just going to try this out and see if I like it and then I ended up liking it a lot and somehow photographs and working photographically 
really, I guess, catered to how I work. Um, and then I ended up sticking with that. And now I don't really do so much strong based stuff anymore. But it was a little bit of like a gamble because I had never really done anything with photography other than just having a little point and shoot camera. And I'm not a very technical person. And like I said, I was afraid of computers when I was younger. So working digitally was, you know, different. I had never done anything with film photography except for just one taking one class. But it was sort of, yeah, a gamble with deciding to take a photography class. And then I ended up liking it. And then I started going from there. So I think I might have mentioned this to um, Lynn, but, you know, like I, I just wonder even too, like how many, you know, real film photography studios are, are out there at universities. But I mean, is there something, I don't know, to that, like in terms of like a f- physical manipulation of that, that kind of made you feel a bit more comfortable in terms of like the way that you could digitally manipulate it when you took... Yeah, definitely. I think um, what I like about working digitally is that you can kind of work backwards and forwards a little bit, you know, with on Photoshop when you have all these different layers and stuff. And I like that I could revisit you know, I would take a bunch of photographs one week and then I could revisit those, take things out from them or work on top of them and stuff. And I think that working like that was really helpful for me to um, kind of build off of things that I had done in the past or to look at things that weren't successful and, you know, not be so it kind of helped me not really worry about like damaging like precious art objects, you know, in order to grow and move forward. Um, which is good, I think. And so I'm, I'm curious then. So in terms of like what you started kind of becoming interested in photographing, I mean, how, was there something that kind of started drawing like a parallel between, you know, what you were photographing and making it think about, you know, um, how you saw it or identified with it? Um, you mean like the images that I would photograph? Yeah, with? yeah, yeah. And, well, and especially like the types of materials. I mean, I think of it, again, like when you when you're starting out in this endeavor to kind of make something that's meaningful, you mm-hmm. wind up looking around yeah. for things. Or that's I don't know. That's the hardest part. Yeah. So it was like with the the project that I had, you know, completed my senior year, and I feel like the project, you know, the one about the indie album covers and whatnot. Um, I had the idea of it in my head for a long time. Um, and then when I actually started working on it, it took a while for me to figure out things that I wanted to photograph. So, I, I mean, I, most of the, everything I think that I photographed for um, that project was all things that I had around in my dorm room. And I think after a while, when you're in that tight space, you start looking at things in a different way and you start looking at how you can sort of exploit them a little bit and sort of use them for your own purposes. And so images of a stuffed koala bear, that was my mom's actually, and I had always sort of been very fond of that. And so I would take photographs of that. And, you know, sometimes there'd be certain outfits that I was wearing or I would take photographs of clothes and stuff. And I think a lot of it was that, you know, each week I would think of these personas and I would think of body language or um, different things that I could um, use to get across those personas, you know, in a visual manner. And I think it was interesting. I mean, it's always hard to sort of determine what you want to photograph. But it's usually always when you're working on things, you can you sort of figure out, okay, this is kind of communicating to me what I want it to. But it was funny with a lot of the photographs that I took, it always felt very performative, the actual process of taking the photographs, because most of them, the room would be very dark and I'd have spotlights on things. Mm-hmm. And then I'd be taking photographs, you know, with my camera and some, most of the time the flash was on. So it, especially with the images where I'm actually featured in the photographs weren't featured in the images felt very performative in a sense, you know, like I would return to the camera and then, you know, I would set the timer and then I'd go stand in front of it. And you could come up with a lot of interesting things, a lot of test photographs too, um, very strange and kind of unusual. Um, and you kind of end up picking things from there. 
Um, but it's always hard, I think, whenever I start projects, I think I always have a little bit of apprehension about, okay, I'm starting something. How do I, you know, begin? How do I want to, you know, like what kind of things do I want to photograph to, you know, say what I want to get across different feelings, but... Well, and it makes me think, too, like there's a performative aspect, even just in the fact that you have to kind of keep setting up. But Mm -hmm. again, you can kind of keep doing, you know, photo after photo, just the same, you know, the same way that you'll, you know, for some reason I draw it as a parallel to like some directors that have been known to kind of like do take after take after take, you know? Yeah. And that was, yeah, sometimes it would be I would photograph something, you know, one week. And then usually what I would do is with the different personas that I was working on, um, I would work on them for about two weeks each. Um, so I would photograph some things, um, and then if I liked it, I would continue down that road, you know, maybe take some more images or maybe work with the ones that I did in the past. Or if I didn't like what I did in the one week, I would try to do something different the next week um, and sort of build off of that. But yeah, a lot of times it would be sort of multiple takes of different things. And a lot of repetition, too, and I think the repetition is also, uh, the repetitive element is, I think it's apparent, and I think, in the way the, the work turned out in the end. Well, and and I'm curious too because as you as you talked, you you know it said that you really didn't have as much exposure to you know contemporary art when you mm-hmm. had started. I mean, were there artists that you were becoming aware of that also kind of influenced that at all in terms of yeah, like what you could do? Definitely, um, I really like um, Cindy Sherman's Untitled Film Stills, and I think that mm-hmm. really impacted the body of work that I'm talking about. Around the time that I was thinking about the concepts that I wanted to deal with with regard to identity and these different personas that I feel like I've been manipulated into or have just sort of, you know, just through social context, you know, transformed into and whatnot, um, around the time that I was thinking about that was when I had um, found out about her work. Um, and I felt like, oh, wow, this is really kind of reminds me of what I'm thinking about a little bit different, but, you know, it still really clicks with me and um, just sort of these different characters and stuff that she would, you know, dress up as and whatnot just really resonated with me. Um, And the different facial expressions and just using body language, especially like with some of the images where I'm um, featured in the photographs, just sort of using body language to convey things, I think really fascinates me. Mm -hmm. And I think also, too, with regards to using text in my work, Sophie Cal, um, her work a lot has influenced me. Um, with regards to, I don't know, text can be sort of really complicated, but it also can be sort of very um, simple and, you know, easy to to grasp. Um, it can be very direct, but it can also be really complicated to work with text, and I think that sort of influenced me. Is that where some of the writing would kind of come in, in terms of... Yeah, and I think because um, Lynn really likes um, Sophie Cal's work a lot, and then, so I discovered her through... Lynn, you know, being interested in her work. And I think we both, Lynn and I, took an interest in using text. And I think that influenced me as well. And yeah, working with text. Yeah, because I think it's it's sort of like, it's a different layer. And like I said, I like writing a lot. So it's it kind of allows you to put a different layer with things. And especially like these are Im- the images that I was working with were meant to look like album covers. You know, so that adding text would make them reference them more directly mm-hmm. too. So there's also that. And yeah, music plays played a big role in um, my influences as well. So I'm curious. I mean, is it something where you're just kind of playing with the image and text, or is it something where you're, you know, kind of writing in this this manner that kind of allows you to you can pull from that and then put it into the the photographs that you have? Um, a lot of times, I would come up with the images first, and then I would start playing with the text on top of that. So a lot of times, the text would come to me. A lot of the text that I have in the images would come through me through like 
the ones with the stuffed koala bear that are titled, do you want a kid's menu? Um, like certain, some of those things will be based on experiences that I've had or um, experiences that I've had that I then sort of um, exploit a little bit and draw out, you know, different ways that I've been feeling. Um, like the, do you want a kid's menu? I mean, I've been asked that a lot of times, you know, <laughs> like not like that far in the past and I'm 22. So that's kind of <laughs> right. a little weird. Um, but like sometimes certain experiences really stand out to me. And a lot of times when I'm, you know, I'll write notes in my phone or, you know, I'll just, you know, sometimes I keep a journal, but I don't use it that much. But sometimes when I write things, I like to sort of store these experiences that I've had that just seem a little bit uncanny to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of those things helped create the text and help influence the text that I have on the body of work that I'm talking about. There'd be experience that didn't have necessarily like a conversational piece like do you want a kid's menu you know that weren't necessarily born from that but I would um kind of come up with that like I kind of like the idea of like a dialogue mm-hmm. being made with some of the images in the text and that was an instance where the dialogue was sort of directly referenced and especially you know like when I think about the idea of like indie rock album covers mm-hmm. I mean is that also something that was influenced by you know going to shows and yeah um like, I, I'm curious what that relationship is like, I guess, you know, because, again, um, having grown up in the suburbs, you know, you go to these shows and, you know, maybe it's the first time that you're kind of seeing uh, people from this uh, this music scene that are, I don't know, kind of living a different experience. And I don't know, you start kind of comparing all the differences. And I mean, yeah, you kind of wonder about, like, you know, when you go to shows, you know, all the people around you and you kind of wonder, I mean, you're all listening to the same thing. But sometimes people around you seem very different from you or very not so different from you. But definitely um, album cover art and album covers um, and sort of the aesthetics that bands usually have surrounding their work um, interests me um, and certainly has influenced my work. Um, I, I really like the uh, the Dum Dum Girls a lot and they have a particular aesthetic and a lot of bands that have sort of aesthetics that they've really crafted I think are really interesting because that sort of seems like that's very intrinsically related to their identity as a group but it's also something that's been curated too. You know, so it's this idea of a facade a little bit, different kinds of imagery, but it's also sort of, you know, meant to represent something. So I think that's kind of interesting. I've also always been interested in um, like a lot of bands and musicians that I like a lot. Some of the personalities of, you know, like the lead singers and stuff like that. Like, I feel like always as a kid, too, you know, I'd get really interested in different TV shows or different bands and stuff and like, you know, just sort of become really enamored with these different personalities from people that I would see. Mm-hmm. And I think that also sort of influenced me as well, like sort of becoming enamored with different personalities and then trying them on sometimes. You know, again, there, there is a conscious decision, like, how do I want myself to appear, you know? Yeah. And so, I mean, in that sense, I don't know, it just kind of makes you realize that too, there's kind of like a performance in, in terms of yeah. just everybody's life, you know? And even like when I'm, I feel it's always so funny whenever I talk about this body of work, I feel like I'm performing in a sense because it's like you can look at the images and use those to come up with an idea of who I'm like as a person. But also like when I'm talking about things, you can use actually me as a person and compare that to the images. And so it's always sort of like this thing where, you know, do they relate to one another? You know, you always feel sort of very talking about identity in a performative manner, it's like it's impossible not to feel performative when you're talking about the body of work itself. I'm especially interested, too, like in, in how you do you just present these as kind of like straight up photos or how does that kind of work out in terms of 
just presenting this work and, you know, are there other, other ways that you've explored these ideas? Um, yeah. So this body of work, um, the way that I had it presented, you know, and the way that I still am most comfortable with it sort of being presented is these two horizontal strips of images. So it's sort of very symmetrical. And as a total, there are 14 images and mm-hmm. seven personas. Um, so each of them is doubled because there's the 14. Um, and I like this idea of it sort of being a very overwhelming experience of, you know, seeing these images and trying to make sense of them all, you know, being presented to you. I haven't really, expo- I mean, I've always sort of worked, you know, with regards to being, you know, for as long as I've been interested in identity, I've been working photographically. But I like the idea of sometimes like layering images. And I mean, none of these images have it. But um, when I was initially working with the text, I would try um, writing on top of the images you know, to have handwritten quality. I never ended up doing that in the end, but I like that dynamic too, a little bit of, you know, photographs with um, handwritten elements on them too. Sure. But I don't really do too much. I've never really tried drawing so much on them, just writing. Well, and, and I'm curious too, like in terms of just an interaction, you know, again, especially, you know, just some of the, the you know, ways that you kind of approach the text. I mean, kind of, mm-hmm. you know, the, the viewer is kind of meant to kind of to think about these things. And, you know, certainly when you when you go through and read the artist statement, again, you want to kind of be in that context when you're looking at them. But, you know, what kind of conversations did you did you wind up having about these in, in terms of the way that people kind of receive them? It's funny. Um, depends on who I talk to, you know, the people that know me, you know, personally that know me, um, and then I've looked at the work, have different reactions than I would assume the people that don't know me. I only know the reactions, you know, the people that know me closely. Mm-hmm. But a lot of my friends, you know, like some of the humorous aspects from like the Do You Want a Kids Menu one. And the band name that I had for that was Doll Hands. Um, and a lot of my friends thought that was humorous and they understood it. You know, and then there's some of them that I've talked to people about, and I think some I've talked to professors about and stuff before, and some of them have been like, really, people see you as, like, the one images that I had, um, they're titled So Foolish, um, and there are these pictures of me smiling, and I had lipstick intentionally on my teeth, and, like, some of those kinds of images where it's like, I sort of feel like I've maybe been put into this persona of being kind of ridiculous or kind of... I'm not a really humorous, like overtly sort of like silly person, but sometimes mm-hmm. you just always feel a little bit ridiculous um, when you don't feel as though you're, I don't know, as cool as you want to be sometimes. And some of those images, sometimes people would be like, really, I never saw you as that. Or the images that I had of the ice cubes that um, were titled, um, I think I had a So Callous. Some of those ones, people, you know, it said, really, I never, I always see you as like this really sweet person. Like I would never imagine you like that, but it's always, you know, depending on how we, how well you know me or like where you know me from, people have different reactions. And I think that's also why as a person, you know, I had these, this variety of personas that I had come up with that some of them, you know, are similar to one another. Some of them contradict one another because as a person, I would try to make sense of, oh, I feel one way, you know, in a social context. And sometimes when I'm around these people, I feel completely different, you know? And so there's, this sort of interesting dichotomy of, you know, feeling one way when I'm around some people and feeling different ways when I'm around others. So that also impacts the way people understand the work, depending on how they have always conceptualized me. Well, it, and is it something too, where again, you're, you're still kind of feel like you almost have a, a collaboration then in terms of just kind of being able to talk to your sister about it? And... Yeah, definitely. Um, Cause I think probably out of any out of anyone that's looked at this body of work, she knows, you know, directly like what I'm talking about. And I think she's probably most familiar with me being all these different personas. 
um, and having potential to be these different personas because, you know, we always lived together, you know, so we're very familiar with one another. So she, yeah, is very well-versed in <laughs> these variety of personalities that I have. And that's a good thing, too, because when I was coming up with a lot of the ideas for them, usually I would run it through with her and I would be like, hey, what do you think about this? Or, you know, do you think that's a valid thing to talk about? And I think that really helped a lot. And I think it really helped me sort of feel as though, you know, by talking to someone that knows me so well, that I could talk about these things in a body of work as well. Right. So. Sure. Mm-hmm. Well, and so are there any things that you've been kind of doing since you've uh, you've graduated and I don't know, I anything that I've, you've been noticing even? I'm in the brainstorming <laughs> process and lately I've become sort of almost, I haven't done anything as far as taking photographs, but I'm sort of a very cautious person. So I like to think about things and sort of collect enough sort of data, if you will, you know, sure, sure. on my life before I really feel like I need to jump into something. Like I want to feel committed to an idea enough that when I started, I don't feel like I'm just sort of, you know, winging it too much. But lately I've been a little bit interested in um, old yearbook photos mm-hmm. and I haven't done anything with them yet, but I'm coming a little bit enamored with the idea of wondering, because a lot of the personas that I, were ta- I was talking about in this past project were ones that would be based on how I behaved as a kid or, you know, as a teenager um, and I've sort of been interested a little bit too in talking a little bit about sort of continuing that discussion and looking at sort of ways that I've changed, you know, over time. And, you know, if any, you know, as I've grown older, sometimes the idea of feeling as though you've never grown out of who you were in the past. So I've been a little bit interested in that and especially looking at old yearbook photos of myself. So I'm hoping to do something with that in the future, but I'm still kind of thinking through it a little bit and wanting to feel a bit committed to it before I jump in. Sure. Well, I think it's interesting too. I mean, are all of the, I guess, family photos, things like that. I mean, are those in digital formats or are they in printed formats? A lot of them are printed, um, especially the ones from when I was a kid mm-hmm. um, are printed. I don't know where they are right now. Cause we moved, my family moved. And so we, I know we had all these boxes of different photo albums and stuff. I'm not too sure where they are now, but I'd like to get my hands on them sometime because I've always, even as a kid before I really started taking photographs, I don't know, I really enjoyed the process of looking at old photographs mm-hmm. um, of myself as a kid, you know, like going to friends' birthday parties or like going on vacation or like pictures, you know, from things that I was way too young to remember now, you know, and I've always sort of been interested in that too. So I think a lot of people that are that are interested in photographs are usually always interested in their childhood albums just because it's, I don't know, I think that's sort of, you know, when so much time has passed, looking at pictures of yourself as, of yourself as a kid to when you're an adult, it's just, I think it's really fascinating to look at those things that are documented. Sure. Well, and I think, again, it's interesting, too, because, you know, just in terms of the way that you might approach it, you know, if it's all digital, I mean, again, you could even mm-hmm. just kind of begin inventorying all this stuff and, yeah. you know, figuring out a, a use for it. some of them, too. Yeah, um, yeah. Going from there, so... No, it's it's you know really interesting, and again, I think it's um, it's exciting to to think about you know what kind of what kind of adventures kind of come up, or what kind of new work yeah. could be out there, and mm-hmm. you know what kind of experiences can kind of inform that. So, yeah, definitely. I really appreciate you taking the time to uh, come and and meet with me virtually over Skype and and <laughs> share your thoughts about your work and your life. Yeah, no so. problem. Yeah, it was a really great experience. So thank you very much.
Thanks once again to Chelsea for joining us. Please go check out our website, chelseavandervliet.wix.com slash chelseavandervliet, or just follow that handy link that's right there. So please go ahead and do that. We do want to remind you that her sister Lynn was on last week, so if you'd like to listen to her interview, please go check it out. They do make kind of an interesting uh, dual listening, again, just kind of exploring both of these artist worlds, and again, very interesting stuff. If you'd like to see some of my work, you can check it out at davidlinaway.com. Just use that link. A lot of my work deals with architecture and landscape of the suburbs, so there's a lot of paintings to go peruse, so please go ahead and do that. If you like this interview, you might as well check out some others at studiobreak.com. Again, each of the artists that we have have posts of their work in the slideshow format. You can go and find their links to their websites. You can listen right there in iTunes, go through the archives and peruse, or you can go click the iTunes hyperlink and go to the iTunes store and subscribe to the podcast. We do ask that if you like listening to podcasts and enjoy this one, please leave us some comments and feedback. Again, there's a lot of people that love listening to podcasts and you can help them find this one. Again, it's great for commutes and also a nice studio companion. Again, you can follow us in a number of different social media formats. You can follow our Facebook page and like it. Again, we provide previews of some of the guests that are coming up, make show announcements and things like that. So please like our Facebook page and you can also uh, contribute there to the timeline. So please go ahead and do that if you'd like. You can follow us on Twitter and tweet us at Studio Break, so please go ahead and do that. We love hearing from folks. And lastly, you can follow us on Tumblr, that's studio-break.tumblr. The music that you've been hearing is provided by Skylar Mail, an artist from Chicago. He is a musician, a performance artist, a painter, and you'll want to check out his work as well. That's skylarmail.com. Follow that hyperlink. Lastly, we just want to thank you for listening and checking out the podcast. So thank you so much for listening, and we'll talk to you real soon.